Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I got him, Valara. I just had dinner with the Obama, what did you do? Hop up on Twitter talking about the stuff you don't do. Rock off a lawn, shorty, cause that is what you gon' do. Sabiato, new balance of style. Third down and six, right up the gut. That is Gibson, and he is gone. Third of the ball game for the rookie Antonio Gibson. I've been a great football thing for Maybe I got it all too fast, too soon. Been living life, no fans, no rules. And I've been trying to make it last, make it move. Make it What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Burgundy Network Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Taylor. That is my co-host with the facial hair, Brian Fitzmurphy. How you doing, Brian? That's all right. Good, good. I saw my dad recently. He was like, you're getting to be like Ryan. I'm like, all right, I'll take it. I'll take it. (laughs) Only thing you're missing is the button-up shirt. And joining us on this very special episode is one of my favorite insiders for the Washington football team, Lake Lewis Jr., owner of SportsJourney.com and host of the After Practice with Lake Lewis podcast. How you doing, sir? I'm good. I appreciate you guys having me on again. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a blast talking to you. I love hearing about your insight. And on this episode, we're going to talk about training camp because it starts a week from today. We're excited. It's finally time to watch football and talk about actual things with football instead of the name change and everything else going on. But as always, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online, who is the easiest way to place all of your sports bets, whether it's bets about Dame Lillard playing on the Knicks next year, which is at plus 155 right now, which is I would love to see that. Or if you have Washington winning over eight and a half games next year, you can get that at minus 120. And I really like those odds. I know Lake Lewis said on his podcast today, he's not going to talk about win predictions. He's coming up to that. So I'm looking forward to hearing if he picks over eight and a half, but Head over to betonline.ag and you get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit and you can start playing today. So Lake, training camp is right here. We have so many storylines to talk about. I know you had five big questions on your podcast today. Not going to spoil that. Highly recommend y'all go listen to that. But right off the jump, the one thing I really want answers for is Brandon Sheriff. All pro guard didn't get that long-term deal with Washington he got the Kirk Cousins treatment, the double tag. He got double tag like the clearance item at Walmart that ain't selling. How do you think he feels going into training camp not having that long-term deal and just playing on that tag once again this year? I mean, it, it's I, – I think Brandon's smart enough to see that it's worked in the favor of a lot of players recently. And I think a lot of players, they may not say it, because, you know, they don't have the long-term deal, but at least what they're getting is they're getting, you know, top money for their position. The difference with this guy is when Kirk Cousins was getting that kind of money, we knew he wasn't, you know, a top five quarterback, but he was getting paid top three money. Um, Brandon's top two guards in football (laughs) at his position. Uh, So, you know, for him, you would think the long-term contract would come, but I I think this is another situation where, you know, I'm not saying that he's not in favor here because he clearly is. I mean, he's a great player. He's the first all pro they've had in years. Um, yeah. But with that being said, you know, he he's from the older regime and 
you got a lot of young guys on this football team, and this is these are the type of problems that good teams have, and they haven't had it in a long time. They're going to have to save some money, you know, to pay some of these younger guys, you know, their what they're worth. And with that being said, Brandon and Morgan were pretty tight too, you know. So I'm just yeah. if Brandon doesn't see what's going on to the right of him anymore, um, you know, those are things that make me wonder. You know, is is he really in their long term plans? Because if he well, is, just, yeah. you think they would lock him up by now. And you have to think about the injuries too. Like from Washington's standpoint, yes, he earns that all pro honor, but there is that consistency with all these injuries that pop up. And like you said, with Morgan Moses, I know y'all were close. Everything you've ever told me about Morgan's been spot on. So I got to ask you with Sheriff, do you see that really hindering how he plays? Like, is he more of a, hey, I kind of need to prove myself, but even though he doesn't because he's an all pro, or is he kind of just like, hey, I'm not in these guys' plans, so why am I going to go all out and risk another injury before I try to go somewhere else and get a big deal? Well, I think, I think you know, so so look, guys, you know, if the guys, if, if, if you've been here for at least five years, you know, you've seen a situation where, um, how can I say this? You know, you, you've seen the worst, <laughs> you know, you've seen yeah. bad things. And now that they're you seemingly have turned the corner and this this outfit is definitely ran totally different, it's professional, you still have to prove it on the field again. And I think in Brandon's situation, one year doesn't necessarily, you know, erase all these years of bad football and bad play. And let's be honest, they were seven to nine last year. <laughs> you know, they won the division, but they still were seven to nine. We all expect much greater things for them this year. Uh, but at the end of the day, Maybe this is a good situation for both parties where he can play it out, see how everything progresses. If they do go on and win the division and get in the playoffs again, I would think Brandon would want to stay here. Um, but keep in mind, that means he's another year older, you know, and, and yeah. I'm not going to start having a conversation about Brandon not being, you know, potentially an all pro and all these things. He's already got that, but he's, he's going to be starting to get up there a little bit, you know, right guards. I think their their life expectancy in the NFL is 33, 34. He's not there yet. He's not anywhere near there. But listen, what you could pay Brandon Scherf, you probably could pay three other players, really good players on your team. I agree. I think to me that's something interesting that's going to play out. Yeah. Yes. So, so looking into training camp and some of the battles and stuff, I think the the big thing for me is – what does the quarterback battle look like if there even is one? Is it Fitzpatrick's job pretty much cemented, or uh, is Taylor Heineke really going to push him over these next few weeks into the preseason? Well, I mean, if you guys you guys know me, and you guys know what I said I saw in Trent in uh, minicamp, and it was Taylor Heineke looked better. He just did. <laughs> but with all that being said, in fairness to to you know Ryan, you know he was still getting acclimated with his teammates, you know, with a new playbook. Um, there's no pads on, you know, these are where you could make mistakes, you know, cause you're trying different things uh, with different players. So I think it's Ryan's job to lose at, more so than it is for Taylor's to take. Um, but I, but I will say this, I think Taylor's capable of taking it and making Ryan lose. <laughs> so um, it just depends on if, you know, if, if they're going to have a true competition, because I do know Ron Rivera said from day one, when he came in as coach, he wants competition at every position. And we saw last year, at this time, Dwayne Haskins was handed the keys to the city and he wasn't ready for that. And all of us scoffed at that. Like, what do you mean? He's a captain. He's a starter. 
Um, is it just because at the time Alex Smith was was still you know coming trying to come back from the injury and Kyle Allen was brought in here and you know so I, I think they learned their lesson with handing something to someone but this guy is a 16 year veteran on top of that and they just need him to manage games and not throw them away and yeah. and so speaking of bet online and and you you mentioned Kyle Allen if you had to lay a bet how many quarterbacks do you think start for this team this year. Uh, two. I'm, I'm going to say two. I'm going to say That's good. I'm going to say at some point Taylor Heineke is going to be a starter for this football team. Mm. And you can't hide what our eyes saw. You know, I was in that stadium last year. I mean, it was empty, but it still was electrifying what he was doing out there in the cold weather. And, and people get mad at me for saying this and they keep making excuses for the Buccaneers defense and saying, ah, they were without a couple starters. They had never they didn't have any tape on this guy. Okay, so let me just pose this to you. If you had tape on him, does that mean that he would have played poor? I mean, because at the end of the day, people have tape on Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees and Patrick Mahomes, and they still can't stop him. (laughs) Well, the Buccaneers defense bottled those three guys up, and they couldn't do anything with Heineke. Players remember that. They saw that. They, They saw this guy diving in the end zone. They know what they saw as far as him competing, so... I think there's some guys in that locker room. Not that I think I know there's some guys in that locker room that want him to have a chance, and that's all. Chase you can Young, ask. yeah, you know I mean, the, tapping on the name, <laughs> like he was uh-huh. like, these guys, they just want to win, and um, you know, the the best quarterback will play, and if if we see one outperforming the other in, in training camp and going through preseason games, yeah, I mean, this fan base is a smart fan base. They know what they see. And again, if they see that Taylor is out playing, uh, you know, Ryan, then I think you, you you may have to make that move. The problem is whoever you go with, the expectation is they're starting 17 games and you don't want to have any controversies going forward. You want to put it to bed. So who goes out there against the Chargers week one? That's it. That's your guy for the rest of the year. Rain, sleet or snow, regardless of how they perform. I agree. And on uh, Pablo Torres' podcast today, Ryan Fitzpatrick said he felt like this was the best situation he's ever been in where he really comes in as the guy. And I thought that was interesting. Like, you love the confidence, the swagger. Of course, that's going to be Ryan Fitzpatrick. But there is that Heineke hive in the fan base. People love him. And then you see him buff up some in the offseason. And like you said, like, people know and saw how he was. And I've been telling people this. This is probably going to be one of the most exciting preseasons recently in the fan base because everyone's going to see what Heineke has. I personally want to see what Kyle Allen looked like because I feel like people are discrediting him, even though he was probably the most efficient quarterback in the game that he played in before he got hurt. But this preseason is going to tell us a lot. So to me, that quarterback battle, I'm when I'm at training camp, I'm keeping all eyes on those guys. Uh, exciting to see who just kind of steps up and takes the reins. But like you said, I pray whoever does come out week one, they roll with it. We are all sick of this carousel of – Three quarterbacks a season, the Mark Sanchez, Josh Giles. Like, we, we are done with that. We don't need that. Just at least one year. Um, but one other question I have for you was, speaking of battles, one thing that I've been back and forth on all offseason was the wide receiver room. To me, one guy needs to step up with Cam Sims, AGG, and Kelvin Harmon. At training camp, do you think one of these guys can really solidify as that next guy up? And do you think someone can really step back and lose their spot? Or is that kind of too early to really tell? I mean, that's a fair question, though, um, Josh. I, I think um, 
you know, this is this is probably more the more competitive, deeper room, uh, receiver room that I can recall in a long time. And, and you don't have any clear-cut favorites after your first three or four. I mean, I think we all know Terry's, you know, McLaurin's going to be there. Uh, we know that uh, Curtis Samuel's going to be there. Uh, we know that Naomi Brown's going to be there. And um, I think, uh, uh, you know, Humphreys is going to be there too. So now you've got some other guys like Steven Sims Jr. I mean, there's no lock. There's no guarantee. But this is what you want. You know, you, you want to have – all of your receivers in that room be capable of getting on the field and making plays. So whoever does make the final cut, you know, if it's six receivers, if it's seven, I have a feeling that there's going to be seven because we're also not um, accounting for, and I'm, I'm drawing a blank here and I can't believe I'm doing that. Um, but uh, the, 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 the specialist that they brought in, now I'm going brain dead here. Harder. Uh, who, yeah, exactly. Harder, harder, Texans. Yeah. Harder, there we go. Who, who they brought in yeah. basically to be a kick and punt returner, you know? So, yeah. He's a lock to be here. So that's your seventh receiver, technically. So who are going to be, you know, the other two pretty much that are vying for positions? You know, I would like to think it's Cam Sims and Kelvin Harmon. I I really do. Um, Kelvin Harmon could play, you know, and he's coming off that knee injury, but he had that injury so early last year that he should be full full go and, and really trying to compete to get on this roster. And, and Cam Sims was was running with the ones, you know, during uh, minicamp. So uh, Curtis Samuel wasn't wasn't available for a couple practices. So Cam Sims was with the ones. That's not by coincidence. So I'd be shocked if Cam Sims didn't make this roster because he's still a big receiver. Um, you know, sometimes he drops the easy passes and makes the, the difficult catches. But if he can be more consistent, he's definitely a guy that, you know, can make plays for this football team and offense. Yeah, I think he really solidified a spot last season, uh, making yeah. big plays. And one thing that surprised me, because obviously Alabama fan, like I've been watching him since high school, those plays after the catch were like, hold up, he's just a big possession guy, and here he is getting yaks. Like, I wasn't expecting this out of big old Cam Sims. Um, but one question that my buddy uh, Tony Shivers on Twitter wanted me to ask was about the kick returners. So you mentioned Carter. Do you think he's like the for sure guy, or do you think they're going to work out guys like Isaiah Wright, who was a uh, – all AAC special teams player at Temple. Do you think they're going to kind of experiment with some guys or is it just Carter's spot? I think it's Carter's spot. I mean, why sign him if you were going to give other guys opportunities? I mean, that's what he does. I mean, he's a specialist at at this, you know, he's a guy that's averaging, you know, like 20 yards on kickoffs. And when we know kickoff is kind of, kind of gone away from the game because they're, they're, they're lining up so close now, most kickers, if they have even an adequate, you know, slightly adequate leg, they should knock it out the back of the end zone, but it's the punt returns. And, you know, for this offense that has, you know, has struggled a little bit over the past few years, they need all the yards they can get, you know, and fortunately think about it. If the defense does the job that we expect them to do, teams are going to be punting from their side, from deep in their side of the field. So if you have a decent punt returner, I mean, you could be starting pretty much consistently drives at the 35-yard line, bare minimum. Um, but you could be realistically starting close to midfield, and, and that will help any offense. So I think he's the guy, unless he just has a disastrous, you know, um, training camp. Um, he, he's going to be your guy. Real quick before we have to let you go, Lake, uh, if you could pick, you know, I know we're right before training camp starts, but if you could pick a veteran who could be a potential surprise cut? Who are you looking at there? Mm. 
Man, that's a that's a good one. That's a that's a real good one right there. Ooh, wait, I hate to say this because then I gotta see some of these guys and they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> um I, I think Steven Sims jumps out to me for on offense, on defense. Man, I, I can't say it, but <laughs> you just just text it to us. <laughs> yeah. But let's just put it like this. He's a safety. I'm gonna leave it alone. <laughs> okay. Right. Was he uh was he an undrafted free agent? Uh yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I kind of read you there. <laughs> and I say that not because he's not good. He had a very good season last year. But I'm saying this, and I don't care what anyone says. Bobby McCain is going to be your starting free safety. There's no doubt in my mind. I like yeah. Jeremy Reeves quite a bit, and I think Jeremy Reeves makes the team. So he's not the guy I was talking about. Excuse me, but um, I, I do think McCain is your starter. And I think Cam Curl's your starter at strong safety. Um, so now you have Landon Collins. There's no way they can cut him. His cap, his dead cap space is just way too high. Um, unless they can trade him, but no one's going to trade for him right now because they haven't seen him, you know, off the off the injury. So, um, yeah. So I mean, the guy that I was going to say, I got to do my job. I mean, I just think that you know. If it's a surprise and you said a surprise, not somewhere where you're like, yeah, I can yeah. see that surprise, maybe DeShazer gets caught up in that. I mean, he's a special teams captain, uh, so that helps him. And he did play well last year, but it depends how injuries many safeties. Too, though. Yeah, but how many safeties, right, injuries and how many safeties are you going to keep? And I say that again because he, although he is relatively young, He's come from he's from the old regime. And I just know how this game works. You know, coaches go with their guys. And I know Ron Rivera is very high on Jeremy Reeves without question. So, you know, he, he's a, maybe your nickel guy at this point. Awesome. Well, Lake, we appreciate you taking time to join us, answer some questions that we've been dying to get some answers to. Go ahead and let everyone know where they can follow you on Twitter and Instagram. And then also your podcast, which I said. Dropped an episode today. Loved it. Not going to give anything away, but the five questions we need to answer to training camp. Go ahead, Lake. I appreciate it. Uh, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Lake Lewis. You can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Lake Lewis Jr. And then, of course, um, you can go to the website, sportsjourney.com. Uh, social media for sportsjourney.com is sportsjourney.com. So, you know, try to keep it all together. And then, of course, you can uh, check out the podcast. It's an after practice uh, podcast with myself, Lake Lewis. And, uh, it's pretty much everywhere. If you want to watch it, you can watch it on YouTube or on sportsjourney.com. But if you uh, want to listen to the audio only versions, uh, it's on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, um, you, you name it, it's out there. So appreciate everybody's support, uh, you know, and, and positive feedback on them. Absolutely. Like I said, I'll see you at training camp. I'll be there Wednesday and Saturday. So absolutely going to meet up, share some notes. I'll be looking at your little notes that you're taking and uh, <laughs> get some good nuggets from you. Lake, appreciate your time, man. All right. Thanks, guys. I appreciate thanks, you guys having me. Okay. No take problem. care. So definitely appreciate Lake coming on to share his insights. Looking forward to meeting up with him. Finally, we get to meet fans and talk to people in real oh, life, Brian. Can't wait for training camp. Uh, but me and Brian aren't done here yet. We've got some other hot topics cooking up for y'all. One big thing we see a lot bouncing around is the fat five. That mm-hmm. offensive line, Brian. There's yeah. so many different pieces no one really knows who's going to go where. Minicamps didn't tell us anything because Charles Leno was having a baby. He wasn't even there. Sadiq Charles took over. There's so many things going on. So I feel like that's where we really need to focus. Talk about position battles. 
Yeah. And to me, it's who's going to tackle the tackle spot. I feel like Charles Leno is the sure guy left tackle, but then you have Sam Cosby and Cornelius Lucas who had a great season last year. Do you agree with me that you think Charles Leno starting left tackle? Yes. No. Yeah, I think so. Just the experience alone has got uh, to give him the edge there. Um, so yeah, Charles Leno seems like a, a sure thing or as sure as it can be with this uh, group of guys. And I'm excited to see him. You know, it seems kind of similar to Morgan Moses. I think maybe we said that in previous podcasts. It almost seems like the same kind of deal. A, a solid veteran that everybody liked that just for whatever reasons wasn't in the plans for the future. Um, but that doesn't mean they can't play. And so, yeah, I'm absolutely looking forward to Leno um, being out there. You know, it's a I believe it's a one year deal and um, hopefully it's a, a great one year and they, they lock him up long term. You got a left tackle for a while. But, yeah, I really like Leno on that left side and I'm excited for what he can bring. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like what Morgan Moses was for us, that cap casualty late cut. Um, I've liked what I've seen in them. And I, I see a lot of pages talking about like the best moves of the offseason, worst moves. And a lot of them are like, the Bears getting rid of Charles Leno is terrible, especially if you have Justin Fields, a new quarterback. You have this sure guy and a left tackle in Charles Leno, and you get rid of him. So I feel like it was a great pickup for us. We'll notice a lot of value in that later on in the season. But that right tackle spot, we've been hearing how athletic Sam Cosme is, one of the highest-graded athletic tackles in draft history. I want to see this guy running and doing these blocks in person, but then you really have to think, you know, Cornelius Lucas did have that great season, but you got a guy like Sam Cosme in the second round. You've got to be sure that he's starting, right? Or did Cornelius Lucas show you enough and say, hey, I'm not going away easy. I can compete for this right tackle spot. Look, I think the answer is a little bit of both. I mean, it's it, in the NFL, you draft a guy in the first – two, three, maybe even fourth round, you're looking at them yeah. to contribute. Uh, and a second rounder is absolutely a, a starter in the near future. So uh, I think it's Cosme's job at the start. But like you said, Cornelius Lucas held down the fort on that left side and where he was he was asked to be at, he, he did a really good job. And so it's not the worst thing in the world if Cosme is, you know, takes a second, takes a couple of games to, to get – um, some snaps under his belt or, you know, get some reps under his belt and practice and you let uh, Lucas take over. So I think between the two of them, I think you have your right tackle there. Um, I think we're going to see pretty quick. I mean, Sam Cosme can be as athletic as he wants, but it's not going to do you much good when you're going up and I mean, it, it does do you good, but you know, Montez Sweat and Chase Young don't care how athletic you are. They're going to give you all they can, they can give you in practice. And you hope that he can handle himself pretty well and kind of show himself and uh, start to put a stamp on that right side. And so, yeah, I think Cosme certainly has a leg up because he is, um, you know, a second round draft pick, a guy they think very highly of. But I don't think it's the worst thing in the world if Lucas, you know, starts off there and lets Cosme ease his way in later on. But if I had to pick right now, I would say Samuel Cosme is your starting right tackle. I agree with you. Um, it's funny. You said Chase Young and Montez Sweat. And I literally got goosebumps. Like, this will be the first time I get to see them like running Ooh. in person. Like, I'm going to be behind that barrier. I'm like, hold up. <laughs> yeah. I did not want to be in the way of this. But I agree with you. And to me, especially in training camp, when you're competing against those guys, like you said, I think that'd be great for same Cosme. Let them run with the ones. Let them go against Sweat and Chase and really see what this NFL 
style and the speed and power is really going to look like. If you want to grow fast, throw them out there to the wolves and just let them feast. And worst case, we have depth with Cornelius Lucas, who's shown that he's, you know, very viable. He had a great season last year, so I feel really good about that. And I could say the same for the guard spot. A familiar face is kind of like awkward, like Flowers, like, hey, I was kind of here first. But here Schweitzer is doing upside-down rock-climbing yoga and had a great season last year, too. I don't know how it's going to pan out. I'm so 50-50 because I love Wes, but also Flowers was great for us. I guess to me it really depends on what Eric Flowers shows up. Is it the New York Giants Flowers or is it the Flowers that got good with us and did pretty good with Miami and I was going to come back you know, and feel good about where he is again because we're going to use him correctly? How do you see that panning out? Yeah, that's a that's a good point. You know, I think Flowers was probably kind of motivated by the fact that it didn't work out in New York. Right. You know, he kind of was deemed as a bust. Um, And then then Washington gave him the one year deal or whatever to kind of prove himself. Goes down to Miami, still plays well. And then they decide for whatever reason, you know, to trade him back. So is he hungry? Is he motivated? And is that the only um, is that the only force? You know, does he? Is he just motivated because people are quitting on him or is he motivated to be really good? So you're right. There is a big question mark there because I think he showed that he could be a solid guard in this league. uh, And he was a solid guard for this team. I know a lot has changed since he was here, but uh, he he showed that he can do it. But on the flip side, you're absolutely right. Wes Schweitzer came in and kind of locked down that position. I think we all thought that Wes Martin was going to fill that in and kind of be your left guard of the future. And that really didn't pan out. And Schweitzer came in and was a, a stabilizing force for that team and played really well. And, um, you know, wore number 71 pretty quickly after the previous 71. <laughs> I mean, he just did a lot of things right. So you're absolutely right. I think that is the biggest question mark for me, even more than the tackle spots, is who gets that left guard spot? I think we can agree that center and right guard are pretty much set in stone with Roulier and Sheriff. But that left guard, man, it, it's it'll be interesting to see who gets it, you know. There's something to be said about what Eric Flowers did for the team, but that wasn't this group. And then there's something to, to be said about Wes Schweitzer filling in last year um, and, and having that continuity with a couple of those guys. So it, it really will be interesting to see. Probably one of my top couple of things I'll be kind of tuning into is who's taking those first reps every day for the offensive line. Yeah, and it, I think it's going to rotate throughout each day too. Because, you know, it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday – Right. I think some days they'll throw out a certain first team. Next day they'll do it different. Or like when they have walkthroughs the second half of the day because it splits up in the middle, they might rotate and really test out. Like I think it's going to be true battles. Like I don't see Ron as a guy that's like, hey, Leno, you're obviously going to start left. You know, left guard, we'll do flowers where he's just going to assign people. I think it's just no one's got a spot. Like you got to earn it straight up. Yeah. And and to me, uh, also, we haven't even mentioned Sadiq Charles. Uh, I mean, mm. it's like, you, you know, you, you mentioned a whole bunch of guys and you realize you're forgetting one glaring guy and Sadiq Charles. You know, who is he? Is he a tackle? Is he a guard? How does he fit into all of this? So it's kind of like the seven dwarfs. You, you try to name them all and you always forget one. And then you're like, oh, my God, how did I forget that guy? Um, it, that's kind of how I feel like the seven giants on the offensive line, seven, eight giants. Who's it going to be? What rotation? you know, what's it going to look like? You you could almost talk yourself into a couple of different scenarios. So I think you're right. I think they're going to use this time to rotate through and have guys earn it, but it'll be interesting to see, 
you know, come September 12th, September 11th, whatever the, the opening game is against the Chargers, who the, the front five are going to be. Yeah, that fat five, I'm looking for it. Um, I, I I really do think it's just going to be Leno, Flowers on that left side. I think Cosby starts on the right side. I'd love to see it. I'm pulling for Cosby um, just because I've seen his game, the catching, the touchdown, just doing those extra things get me excited. Um, but speaking of other battles, I posted a thing on Twitter earlier this week talking about the running back room. Um, and how how we really feel about it. You know, we got, obviously, Gibson who's coming back from that injury. J.D. McKissick obviously started, you know, that second spot there. But Jarrett Patterson, Peyton Barber, and then Lamar Miller. I feel really good about Jarrett. I love Jarrett Patterson. Love what he did at Buffalo. I hope he can come in and be that, you know, that third running back in the depth chart. But how do you really see it paying out with Lamar Miller and Peyton Barber? Like, do you think – that's really even a battle or is it just kind of like, Hey, this is what we have to work with. Do you even feel good about a running back room? Or do you think we should sign a guy like Adrian Peterson or LaShawn McCoy or one of these vets that could come in and obviously not have a huge impact on the team. But if Gibson goes down, do you want JD McKissick as your starting running back? Right. There's a lot of, you know, it, you kind of glossed over the injury with Antonio Gibson and turf toes, the kind of thing that, can linger. And so, you know, I, I hope that he's back to full speed or is at least getting there, but that makes me a little nervous because then you're talking about, uh, you know, a guy that, you know, already is inexperienced at running back in Antonio Gibson, JD McKissick, who last year was more of a receiver for you. And then Jarrett Patterson, an undrafted free agent, you know, those are your, your top three, right? I think we would agree on that. Then Lamar Miller and Peyton Barber, do those really get you excited? So, you know, I, I think that Antonio Gibson is going to have a big year. I think that he will bounce back from the injury and get fully right. But, you know, there's always that question mark and that thought in the back of your mind because you're one, you know, a lingering turf toe away from being really thin at running back. I almost want to discount Lamar Miller and Peyton Barber. No offense to those guys, but I don't really see how they factor in unless it's in a, a complete emergency um, you, you mentioned some couple of, a couple of veterans. I don't know that they would go back to Adrian Peterson. That'd be super interesting, especially since they let him go so late last year. Um, but I could totally see them, you know, scooping up somebody that was a surprise, you know, uh, cut from another team, you know, whether it be halfway through training camp or right before, you know, the season starts. I'm not completely sold on this group of five, whatever combination it is. I wouldn't be shocked to see them add another guy or uh, bring in somebody else for competition because outside of Gibson, McKissick, and the potential upside of Patterson, I'm not real fired up about this running back room, and I think that uh, you know it could use a little bit of bolstering. Yeah, I mean, you look at the Rams. Their season just went like that with one practice, a torn Achilles to Cam Akers, and now they are kind of, you know, they have Henderson, and then after that, that's it. Right. Are they going to have an awkward reunion with Todd Gurley again and just bring him in for a year? Or are they going to, you know, LaShawn McCoy, Le'Veon Bell's out there. You have some of these names that were huge years ago that are now just like, eh, do we really want Adrian Peterson, Le'Veon Bell? Not really. Like years ago, you're like, heck yeah, I want those guys. And and maybe I'm, I'm getting, I'm turning on what I was saying. I mean, maybe you, you, maybe Ron Rivera looks at the running back position and is like, well, maybe we don't need a stud. Maybe we don't need uh, a, a big name because 
that's the running back position nowadays. It's kind of like a guy can come in off the street and be as effective as a guy that's been there all season long. I mean, we've, we've seen that before. So yeah, maybe, maybe they are okay rolling with a couple of these guys, knowing that they could bring in anybody later on down the road. Uh, it just feels like it's a little, it, it kind of feels like a house of cards. Like it feels like it, it it's kind of wobbling. It looks good, but there, there's just something that, you know, just something breaks the wrong way. Hopefully not literally, but if something goes wrong that you're in, you're kind of in a, a bit of trouble at the running back spot. You know, you really have to think about how much Curtis Samuel being used in the run game helps out Antonio Gibson, point. though. Keeps the legs fresh. He's not running like 25 times a game, anything like that. I can see Curtis Samuel having like five rushes a game. Not like on average, but just like every now and then sprinkled right. in lined up in the backfield and in the rounds. It can be anything. So you have to think that's going to take some load off of Gibson. Obviously I'm not predicting Samuel to just have an outrageous number of rushes, but it helps. That one play could be a play where Gibson potentially re-injures that turf toe or just something doesn't feel right. Or if he's just running too much, I think that helps out a lot and takes it off. I'd be okay if we signed a vet like soon. Uh, obviously, I feel like you'd want to do it before training camp just so he's not just coming into something new. So yeah. I feel like we're not going to just for that reason. I feel like it would have happened already. Um, but I'd be fine with it. If they cut Lamar Miller and Peyton Barber and just had another guy, like it wouldn't hurt my feelings at all. And it's funny because I see people in the fan base like saying like, oh, man, we got Lamar Miller when? Like last year. That's <laughs> yeah. that's how like that's how you know ineffective he is on this roster. So to me, well, does it worry me? Yes. But I feel like if it needed to be fixed or corrected, I feel like we could sign one of those guys like midseason. But yeah, absolutely. And and looking at their ages, Lamar Miller's 30, uh, you know, Peyton Barber's 27. And that's not, you know, in real world old, but that that's kind of getting old in running back years. Are you really willing to rely on those two guys should something happen to your top two or top three? It just makes me a little bit nervous. And we know you know, with this team's history of injuries, hopefully it's it's getting better. But you never know when you're down to your fourth running back. And, you know, it'd be nice to have a guy that that has a little bit is a little fresher than Peyton Barber and, and Lamar Miller. No, no, again, no offense to those guys. No, all, all the offense to Peyton Barber. One point two yards per carry Peyton Barber. Yeah, statistically, one of the least effective running backs in the NFL. Um, so looking at camp we talked about how how important it could be you know we talked and we've we've labeled cam sims the camp hero year in year out and just didn't show up in the regular season finally did last season so my question is who is someone that can actually gain a lot from training camp and kind of prove himself so i kind of really looked at it i'll do offense and defense on offense i could see this being a camp where agg just really shows some flash shows why he was drafted where he was and say, look, guys, don't roll me out yet. This is what I can do and get more of a chance in the preseason. Like I mentioned with Lake, this is probably going to be one of the more exciting preseasons to watch because there's so much going on, not only with quarterbacks, but we finally have depth at wide receiver. To me, AJG is the guy on offense that could come out and saying, hey, I still got it. I'm as good as people think I am. Who Who is your guy on offense? On offense? Um so I kind of read this, and here's how I kind of took it. So the most to gain, to me, ha- 
kind of also reads the most to lose or potential lose. And so for me, a guy that I think has been written off already is Steven Sims. Um, I think uh, Lake kind of mentioned him as, as being a potential uh, cu- surprise cut. But if you're Steven Sims, what do you have to lose from just going all out and, and you know, showing what you showed a couple of years ago? I mean, uh, you, you know, you really have nothing to lose. I think the writing's on the wall. You've got to think that your head's at least close to the chopping block, if not fully on it. And why not go out there and show that you can be a valuable weapon for this team? I mean, steal some punt returns away from Carter. I mean, steal some kick returns away. Do everything that you can to keep yourself on this roster. And so I think he has the most to gain because he also has the most to lose on that offensive side of the ball. There are a lot of mouths to feed. There are a lot of receivers. um, But he's shown in the past that he can do it. Um, And instead of writing himself off or letting them write him off early, go out there and and produce and and make something happen. So uh, I don't know that it's going to happen, but I I think that he definitely has the most to gain because he, you know, his his career could be on the line. Yeah. And if, like you said, he's shown those flashes, the rushing touchdown against the Patriots, the kick returns, but there's the negatives, the dropping the kick Mm -hmm. returns, the drop catches. So if you clean up those bad plays and you just make more better plays than bad plays, you really do have a chance on this team. You know, obviously I think Curtis Samuel is a slot receiver. People will argue about that. I think Adam Humphreys is a lock as a slot. Steven Sims is that really that odd guy out unless he can make that impact on special teams, which like Lake said, it sounds like that's really Carter's spot for sure. Um, which doesn't surprise me because, like he said, that's like bringing in Cordell Patterson. Like, what are you going to just have him as like wide receiver three? No, like that's yeah. <laughs> that's your kick returner. So it doesn't surprise me at all with Carter. Um, so Steven Sims got a ball out this camp and even going into the preseason, hopefully saves his job. On defense, I have an interesting pick. And I've been riding this guy's hype train. I think a lot of people have. I think the most to gain from this is Khalid Hudson. I think, you know, Lake Lewis, if you listen to his podcast that he dropped today, loves Cole Holcomb, loves John Bostick, and he loves, you know, Jamie Davis, obviously, as the beast that he is. But I think Khalid Hudson, he's a big piece, you know, on special teams. You know, sure tackler is going to blow you up. Kind of reminds me of like Ruben Foster back in the day when he was on Alabama tackling dudes on special teams. But the athletic ability, we've seen some plays from that linebacker spot. I'm not as sold on John Bostic as a lot of people are, and i tell mm-hmm. you why. Because with me, John Bostic is not going to be that will linebacker. He's going to be the middle linebacker. And that's fine, but I feel like not only does the team want Jamin Davis to be the middle linebacker, I think that's where he really is natural. He does it all. I think they want to mold him into that leader of that middle linebacker, that Luke Keekley that they had in Carolina. And I feel like you can't do that with John Bostic as your will. The last thing I want is John Bostic covering Travis Kelsey. Anybody. Out there. Any any yeah. tight end, anyone fast. Like I just right. want him to tackle. And well, I feel like he would have to be a middle linebacker. If we had more time with Lake, I probably would have brought up John Bostic as his potential surprise cut because I was kind of thinking the same thing. I just don't know that he fits if Jamin Davis turns out to be everything that they hope and probably believe that he's going to be. To me, it's kind of like on a lesser scale, Adrian Peterson last year. At a certain point, this team realized that 
it wasn't going to do any good having him here just to be a mentor. I mean, he's too, he was still too good to put on the bench and stash behind an unknown in Antonio Gibson. But at the same time, you needed to give Antonio Gibson those reps and that chance to prove himself, which he, I believe he ended up doing. I think it's going to be a similar thing with Jamin Davis and John Bostic. I think the only way you're going to find out if Jamin Davis is your linebacker, your middle linebacker of the future, is to put him out there. And then, like you said, there's no spot for John Bostic. And, and with him being a vet like that, do you really want to um, you know, take up a, a, one of his last years of his career by, by making him a bench warmer? Just to me, it, it, it could potentially – I could see it potentially breaking that way to where John Bostic just doesn't have a role on this team – other than a glorified coach, you know, sitting on the sideline. And do you want that for that guy? Cause I think that he can still play. It just might not be here and it might not be um, there might not be enough snaps for him to, to, to do that here. So that, that was kind of that I was kind of on the, on the same train as you there. It'll be very interesting to see where those linebackers line up. And uh, you know, we mentioned the offensive line. That's where I'm going to be looking a lot to see who's lining up where, but also that linebacker group is, is going to be very, very interesting and I think we're going to see real quick what they think of their first round pick in Jamin Davis. Yeah. And you, you obviously think of like the plays John Bostic made great tackler. You think about the interception against the Steelers, even though that was more of who was a drawn Payne that swatted it up. I think so. Yeah. Where he was able to catch it. Yes. He's made some plays, but then I also think about the last two years, those bad coverage plays against tight ends. And I love the guy. I think he's great. Like I wouldn't be mad if he starts. But to me, I just want to see the upside of Khalid Hudson. Like, I've seen what he did at Michigan. He's more like that Viper, that Viper kind of player, that hybrid kind of guy. But he's just that athletic. I think he has a great coverage ability. So in a perfect world for me, uh, Holcomb holds down that same spot. I think Jamin Davis just sticking his roots as a middle linebacker and growing in that role and just doing everything that he does so well, perfect. And then Kalik Hudson as that will guy, the guy that we kind of wanted Ruben Foster to be, that it just didn't mm-hmm. pan out because of injuries, takes over that spot, is just athletic, makes those big coverage plays, hard-hitting guy, young. That's a young, good, talented linebacker core. Like you think about like the Fred Warners of the league, and you just want that linebacker we haven't had for so long. And I, I would hate, I would just hate to see John Bostic and Jamin Davis just playing that will as just just a coverage guy, like just do good coverage plays. I right. want him to be a leader in that linebacker spot. So I'm interested to see how that plans out. Um, obviously, there's a lot to watch for, but I'm excited just to watch a Ron Rivera training camp practice. Yeah. I haven't been able to do that yet. I remember, you know, from many years, I've been going to training camp probably the last like 14 years off and on. And we hear about how, you know, Ron Rivera just has a, a different practice is different players respect them more i'm just excited to see these players go all out um and someone asked on twitter the other day like even though we're not gonna be able to interact with the players and stuff as much this year like what are you still most excited about i'm just ready to interact with some fans talk football and see the players go all out for a team that they really want to be on and believe in yeah about all the plays where someone makes a big play and everyone just goes off and the team's hype running up and down the field together and they just believe in each other and they're just growing as a team. What were you about to say? I, you know, I try to, you know, I, I know we're both fans and we both get really pumped up for this team, probably more than we should if we were to take a step back, you know, but trying to be unbiased, you got to think that 
this Washington team could take another step. If they were able to do what they did last year, and I know they went seven and nine, I know it was a terrible division, blah, 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 blah. But all the stuff that they overcame and that they were able to win the division and, and hang with the Bucks for a little bit, you got to think that there, there's another step to be taken now that they have a full offseason, now that they have a full training camp, now that, like you said, uh, you know, they can see what Ron Rivera is doing. You know, that it's not all over Zoom. It's not, you know, six feet apart. It's not socially distanced, uh, you know, all that, uh, hopefully. Um, but you get to see what Ron Rivera is trying to do and how can he not be, you know, I, and again, I try to take myself out. Would a, would an unbiased fan feel the same way? And how could you not think that this team could potentially do something special just because of the fact of what they did last year? And they're, they're, they're only going to get more opportunities to be together. Um, yeah. I'm really excited for that. And I'm jealous of you being up there and I think it's going to be awesome. Like you said, the fans getting the chance to even be out there, whether or not you can talk to the player, whatever it looks like, just to be out there and to be around football. It's something that a lot of us haven't been able to do in a, a long time. And so it's it's exciting. It means it falls right around the corner. It means that football's in the air. And I'm all about that. Yeah, I'm absolutely going to be yelling at some players, good and bad. <laughs> not going to lie, it's something I do every time. But and I agree with you. Like when this team's good, I'm going to talk about how good they are. But when they suck and there's players not performing, I'm absolutely going to call them out. So one thing I'm looking forward to the training camps, I'm going to keep notes. I'm going to try to provide as much content videos. I'm going to bring some recording stuff with me. I don't, I have no idea what the setup's going to be like this year, but it's usually just standing on the sideline in the heat, getting a sunburn on your neck. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going to try to see what we can do, get some coverage, but I'm really going to take some notes and just see, what this team looks like, see who stands out, see who's actually fighting for their spot and who's not. Um, but there really is a lot to watch. So I'm looking forward to all this. Like I said, I'll be there Wednesday and Saturday. So if you're going to be there, hit me up. Obviously you're going to talk to people, meet as many people as possible. Finally get to put some Twitter names to actual faces. So I'm looking forward to that. And then preseason. I'll probably go to a couple games too, but I don't know, man. Training camp feels good. I'm glad it's in Richmond. Hopefully it stays in Richmond. I know this is like the last year for it. Um, and then they're going to Ashburn for a little bit. I was talking to you about it. I don't see them letting fans come to Ashburn and yeah, like just walk not. around the park, being open to the public. I don't know. To me, that'd be a little too much. Uh, I think this is really going to be at fans, but I'm excited. I agree with you. I think this team can do something special, and we'll talk more about that coming up after training camp really dive down into the schedule, do some breakdowns. Um, but me and Brian have some cool things cooking up too. We got an email about an opportunity today. We're looking into talking to someone on the team who's doing something great off the field. Sounds exciting. Looking forward to that. And then um, following up with another guest who's in the Believe Network, a former Washington player, looking to get him on the podcast. Also, Brian, anything you want to add before we head out and put our bucket hats on and get ready to sweat my tail off. <laughs> yeah, man, I won't be there, but I'll be refreshing my phone and seeing, you know, who's lining up where and, you know, all these practices and stuff. But yeah, just excited that it means that the season's right around the corner. Um, enjoy it, brother. I, I can't wait to hear more about it and uh, excited for, like you said, the rest of the summer into the fall and the real stuff. Yeah. I mean, absolutely give all the people that follow the team a follow on Twitter because they're, I can't imagine their fingers when they're at practice. They're just going nuts, tweeting out every single play, videos, and so on. So follow all those guys. And all the guys just making content, whether it's bloggers, videos, podcasts. There's so much going on with the Washington Network. I love it. 
it's different views, different, you know, I love listening to other people talk because I'm like, dang, I really didn't think about it that way. I never thought about that. So support everyone. Appreciate everyone tuning in. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, the podcast review. Share with your friends, your doctor, your neighbor, the guy you don't like at work. He wants to listen to it too. But guys, like I said, this episode is presented to you by betonline.ag. So go ahead, get those bets in. Me and Brian talked about some future bets for Washington look good. I really do like that over eight and a half wins. I feel like that's that's a little low for us. But we'll talk about that coming up. Like Lake said, that spoils upcoming podcast. So we'll break that coming up too. But guys, appreciate y'all tuning in. I'll see y'all Wednesday, Richmond, Virginia. We're coming. But I'm a hopping this morning and like a fool. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.